All right, hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. I am here with my wife, Chris Sprinkle. Chris, thanks for joining me in my basement. Yeah, thanks for having me. Our basement. <laughs> you don't come down here too much. No. Check on you. Make sure you're still alive. <laughs> Kick me back down here. Do another podcast. Um, so here's here's what we're going to do. Uh, for those of you who are at the Exiles in Babylon conference, you may recall that I called my wife up on stage to do a little Q and a. Um, and so a bunch of questions came in from the audience. We only got through maybe like four during the conference. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just, I got the printout for the questions, um, through the, through the platform that we use. And there's like 20 questions here. We're not going to get through all of them, but, um, I did want to do a podcast just kind of finishing up. Nice. Yeah, some of these questions. It feels odd that I'm sitting on this side of you. Like, I'm always in that seat, and I yeah. feel so disoriented right now. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, so weird. I, I know. Feel, I'm like, always on the other side of you. Yeah. Am I going to be able to hear you? Because my deaf ear. Ah, we should just do it. Just all right. talk loud. Let's just try. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, so I have a question. Um, during the last, wor- or second to last worship set, before I called you up, I said, I said, hey, I'm not sure but I might have some space that I, where I might want to do a kind of an, an unplanned call you up on stage and do a little conversation. I thought for sure you would say absolutely not because you do not love, love being on stage. Like you don't need to be on stage. I think you're, I think you're great at it, but you don't need that role. You don't particularly enjoy it, but you said, okay. And I was like, really? You're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was going through your mind when I, cause I mean, yeah, I was expecting like, no way, don't do not do that. But you were like, no, I'm 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 willing to do that. What was what was behind that? Well, I I kind of was feeling a little bit of prompting in my heart and my spirit a little bit that maybe I would like it would be good <clears throat> for me to um to be on stage and just show a presence and maybe say a few things, but I yeah, I didn't want to necessarily like it wasn't like that's not out of my human personal being. I didn't need that, but I was feeling maybe the Lord was wanting me to, um, only because I feel like, um, I always know, like whenever there's somebody doing something, it's like, I want to know where the spouse is and, and like, well, what are, what, are, what's their role and how are they? Cause it's, it's not just you doing all this. It's mm-hmm. like, we do it in different ways, but definitely I'm very much a part of it. And the conference and just our vision for theology in the raw is, is definitely you and I, uh, passion and heart and a lot of vision and thinking and, and stuff. So I was kind of feeling like, I feel like I should just, I don't know, but I didn't want, like, it wasn't like my own personal. So it was kind of like, if you're feeling that like something, then, you know, I'd be okay. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of people, even at the conference, like want to hear from you, right? Like, what's your story? And I have questions for you. And, um, I mean, you were getting people kind of asking you that kind of throughout, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you, were you so what's going on in your heart when I, I called you up on stage? <laughs> you hesitated. I was yeah, like, yeah, well, well you I better. Feel, you said you were going to go up, so <laughs> don't leave me hanging. Well, because <laughs> I feel like so. Okay, Preston, you when we first got married, we had to have a lot of conversations about <laughs> like your life is just an open book. My life isn't necessarily an open book to the anyone. Yeah, I have very like specific special people that I will be open with. Whereas when you 
um, when we first got married, like you would tell everybody anything and we had to have a lot of conversations <laughs> where I'm like, Hey, that's like private. Like we don't need to like tell everybody. And so I, so sometimes I get nervous with that with you that it's like, I'm like, did I like, do I need to remind that there's not, I don't, I don't want my whole, and I mean, who does, who wants their whole life exposed? So, um, so, so maybe that's the part that makes me a little nervous is yeah. when I think about, um, uh, like, I don't know, don't ask me something that you know I would not want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so for those who don't know, I mean, you mentioned it, and I'll mention it, like, you're heavily involved in Theology Nara and even heavier involved, I would say, in the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender that we, I guess, kind of co-lead. So um, even though I'm the one recording the podcast and finding the guests, like, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that you're not just involved, but like invested in, like you, Mm -hmm. you believe in it, you enjoy it. It hasn't always been like that. I mean, I would say for the first several years, the podcast was kind of, remember when I started the radio station, I'd go and record a bunch of stuff and it was kind of this, this thing I did. And, um, and then as it grew, um, you started handling more like the questions that come in and the emails, like any theology or email, like doesn't come straight to me. It all goes to you or somebody else. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you did that. So, I mean, you did tell me like, do not bring me on stage and thank me or, you know, whatever. Well, how come you don't want me to thank you on stage? Is it that there's a cheesy factor there? Yeah. Like, it just feels, yeah. It's like, does it feel feels like cheap and I don't know, like, I don't, I just don't need that. Like, I know you're yeah. thankful and, and everyone, you know, like, I just, I don't know. I don't like that limelight. But is feel. it like, yeah. Is it because it's been done in weird, cheesy ways by other leaders or something or I mean because everybody likes to be thanked I mean I, I wouldn't I don't need it but if somebody said hey we'd like to bring on stage and thank you I'd be like oh yeah that's fine you know I don't don't I don't need you to do it but but you really did not want me to. yeah yeah I don't know I so, don't like it so, <laughs> so I didn't I brought you on stage I but I will not thank you for all your hard work all right um, yeah so what we did at the conference is I just we opened up the Q&A platform for the audience to ask us any questions for about 10 minutes so um, we got through a couple at the conference, but should we dive into sure. some of these other ones? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Th- this one's kind of broad, but I think it's a good one. Uh, what is your vision? This is to both of us for this next generation. I mean, we're raising for next generation kids. Um, I would say you especially have mm-hmm. a heart for, I mean, college mm-hmm. age, young adult, mature high school, like the image, like maybe some more immature high school age. I wouldn't say. Neither of us are like, that's not like our like passion is to reach that. But people that are like diving into life, asking real questions, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, really looking forward at like, what does my life look like? I, you especially, like yeah. you love, love to invest in that um, age group, right? I yeah. Don't well, yeah. That. I mean, I think uh, as our kids have uh, been in the teenage years, I think that's kind of sparked like this huge interest. So for me, I, um, when I was a teenager, I was pastor's kid, missionary kid, and then got into teen years and I wanted to have nothing to do with God and the church or anything. And for me, the reason was, is because I wanted friends and we lived in a small town and I want, I, um, I wanted friends and the only way to make friends is to go to the popular ones and they're doing all kinds of stuff that, um, you know, obviously my, my parents weren't okay with. And so I was willing to like, let go of all of, of the, the rules and things so that I could make friends. And so I was on a journey for, 
you know, five years of, of just not wanting to have anything to do with God. It wasn't that I had a huge rebellion in me. It's mm. just that I wanted connection. I wanted... You didn't we have were, a belonging. You didn't have a, yeah. a Christian community. Our church was, was so draw. small and I didn't have anybody that like investing in me. There was no reason for me to choose the church over... Um, like the friends, the people, the different, you know, other fam, my friends as families, parents that were like inviting me over that kind of stuff. So, um, so because of that, I see, and then seeing like, um, our kids and as they've gotten into teen years and all of them have had at one point or another, just, you know, wondered like, what is the church and why do we do this? And kind of, um, just one, you know, just questioning some of like, just the things that we do and, um, God and all the theological, um, topics and stuff. And then also seeing the, that, um, the, um, the, uh, like how many kids are leaving the church from being raised in a home, Christian home, and then go off to college or on their own. And they just spend the next several years, like kind of uninterested and not sure about that. That sparked like an interest of just like, why is that? Because you see in other cultures that are very connected, um, in at the church, they remain that way. Like when we were in Nepal and it's like they all, like their community was the church because they spent time during the week. They are always doing things together. And it's hard to find that here in America mm-hmm. um, because we do church differently than other um, cultures. But um, it's kind of given me like, of like, we need to get these kids connected and have a reason for wanting to stay in the church. Like if they leave the church, there's going to be a huge loss for their life, our life. And so um, I think that that gets me really excited to just how can we do that? So one of the things is just like always trying to involve younger kids. So um, with the conference specifically, I was finding as many volunteers as I could in the young, in the, like the teen to 20, you know, three year olds to show, to get them involved, being a part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like our kids have so much to, to, um, like wisdom and, and, and like, because of the internet, they're like mm-hmm. thinking so deeply. And so it's not yeah. like they don't know what they're talking about. They actually really do. I mean, they, they may be young in their thinking, but they're very more advanced in their thinking yeah. than we were. And so that makes me, um, just want to make sure we, we like use that for mm-hmm. like the church and not just think of them as just dumb teenagers that don't know anything, uh, but you know, so um, so I tried that. We had also um, a youth, a couple of youth events right before the conference mm-hmm. because a lot of parents were writing in saying that they're bringing their teenagers or they're coming with their twenty, their couple of their twenty-year-old kids, and and so it got me thinking. Gosh, we should like connect if they're all coming for a three-day theological conference. They're obviously yeah. interested in something more than just partying. So. Um, we had a couple of events and I couldn't believe the turnout. Like I mean, 50 or we, something? yeah, like the, the ones that came people, early. Yeah, came a couple days that. early from out of town and people were coming from Canada for, from Vermont, like all different areas and came early. Um, and we had, um, Preston, you and, uh, our, our pastor of our church, Tucker, um, gave a little talk to them and just of encouragement and they had, dinner and they went bowling and it was really made up specifically so that they could just see other believers, mm-hmm. um, their age that are in, like interested in the same things of just being in, like thinking deeply about God. 
And they were so encouraged. I remember great. they yeah. they were like, awesome. "Thank you so much for doing this." It's so, a lot of them have been like, I've, "It's like the greatest thing I've ever been to." I know like, the feedback was. I thought they were like, "Yeah, oh, that's kind of cool," you know. But some were like, "I've never yeah. experienced this like a meaningful gathering talking about important stuff yeah. that I have questions about." I'm free to ask questions and hang out. I'm at the, I mean, it was at our house, and I think for some it was like, yeah, because we don't think anything of ourselves. But I mean, people might think like, wow, the the host, the guy in charge of the conference, had us over yeah. his house. Like that was a big deal. And I forget, like we have yeah. people over at house all the time, so it's not right. But for them, that it's was just kind of showing intentionality with them. I mean, mm-hmm. I think showing them that they're important, that they matter to us. I think that is for the next generation. They need to feel that, like they matter, like they are our next generation. Yeah. That's so such a big thing for me to think about that it's like if we don't like help the this generation well they have so many things against them like i mean mm-hmm. like with the just internet social media uh so many you know it, being like who you want to be is so open you can be anybody you want to be there's just so it's very hard this generation and if we don't help them and I, like, I feel like it's going to be a disaster for like mm-hmm. our grandkids. And so I feel like that has given me yeah. passion to be like, we need to make them feel valued, feel important, feel that they, they matter mm-hmm. to the church, to our society. They're, they're, they're the ones that are, they're going to be all, all the jobs. They're going to yeah. be, they're going to be the pastors, the cops, the government, you know? <laughs> so I just see them too. I mean, it's a generalization and it's based on just isolated examples but they just seem generally just very bored with church Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of most of that's on us or at least the leaders of the church doing church in a way that like i don't know it it may have worked in the 80s and 90s you get a big youth group and stuff but i mean i mean think about like in town there's churches that at one point had 100 200 kids in a youth group Mm -hmm. there's one church i I don't need to name it but i think at one point it had over 200 kids thriving youth Mm -hmm. ministry and I think it had, I just asked somebody who went there, who goes there, and he's like, I think we have two people in the youth group right yeah. now. Um, and I, there, it's because we're, they're not talking about the hard things. They're, like yeah. they're so, like their kids are so, they're faced with all these hard topics every day of their life. Yeah. And then they go to a church and then it's like, we are just supposed to talk about just theological things maybe that are just so far out that are not practical. Or such so, basic Christian stuff that's like, yeah. it's good. You need to hit that from time to time. Yeah. But if that's all you are, is Yeah, just they want to talk about race. They want to talk yeah. about LGBT. They want to talk about sexuality and, and marriage and singleness. I mean, they really do. They are hungry because they're wrestling through that. And so I think if we are not doing justice to this generation by just... Um, let it just kind of thinking that they'll just figure it out and no, we have to guide them. Mm-hmm. Like we truly, like I always think about the old Testament and how they, that, you know, the older generations like taught their kids and, and it, I picture like they invested in them. They had, you know, sit around and talk about the Bible and what God has done and how God was been faithful throughout. And I feel like we still have that, mm. Um, like responsibility. responsibility to like teach this generation what does the Bible say? But but again, you have to be. It's a different way of doing it than yeah. like our parents to us. It's mm-hmm. they're it's not sitting down opening the scripture and saying this is what the Bible says. That does not going to yeah. work. It's can you expand pra- on that? Yeah. Well, I think it's it's very practical. Like you have to like you have to speak their language in the practicality with also bringing in. Um, the, the, you know, what the scripture is saying, but you have to like allow them to start thinking for themselves. I mean, I just see that with our kids, as soon as we just say, um, 
you know, like give a verse, they're like, oh, they have so many questions that why that doesn't like, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't resonate. But if we like talk through ways that like their like their situations and their and then try to bring it, it you just have to be way more strategic. Mm-hmm. It's m- mm-hmm. way more complicated now mm-hmm. talking to our these kids than I think it was for us. Like even just like sex before marriage, right? I mean, we even if you weren't a believer, you just knew, ooh, that's not good, sex yeah. before marriage. Well, why? Because our parents said it, and yeah. the Bible says it. And it's like, well, we don't even know where it says it, but it. <laughs> we yeah. believe that somebody told us that it says <laughs> it, and we just, like, went with that, you yeah. know. But that's not the case for them anymore. Do you think the inter- that, that, that isn't – I mean, everything is blamed on the Internet, but this does seem to be pretty, like, true – in that we didn't have the ability to fact check our parents. We heard all yeah. kinds of stuff. And there's some things where we're yeah. like, we'll repeat this oh, kind yeah. of myth. And our, our kids will just Google it real quick and say, like, that's, not no, that's not true. I'm like, I've believed that my whole life. Yeah. yeah. So now they're, they're more scared. They're more like, yeah. well, okay, you said that. You believe that. But how do I know that's true? Like that they, they need to have a more in-depth conversation, not just a top-down, here's the right things to believe, deal yeah. with it. You know, like it doesn't really work. I think we have to be willing to put a lot more time into our mm. kids. I really I really do. I think it's like it's hours of conversations. I mean, it could be like broken mm-hmm. up throughout life. Like it like you just like as you're cooking and you're having deep conversations. but they want to talk. They I mean, I believe that 100%. And so it's being like giving time for that. I just think parenting well is is it takes a lot of time. Takes a ton like in yeah, you doing that well. You have to like be willing to give that time. We have other questions related yep. to that. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, okay. So, so sorry, we're still on this first question. But what is your vision for this next generation? I mean, how would you sum up? I mean, that they would find a, a deep, meaningful sense of belonging in the church where they can wrestle with their faith in authentic ways. I mean. Um, Obviously, the, the, my vision is I want them all to be followers of Jesus, to be <laughs> flourishing yeah. as Christians. But um. yeah, I mean, I think they do too. I mean, I think they, I think their purpose is to like increase the kingdom of God. But I think it just looks different mm-hmm. than how we think that should be. We think that should be like, well, bring them to church and have them faithfully sitting at church every Sunday. But I, it, but we have to be open to like, that might not be that they might mm-hmm. have, there might be a lot of people that have turned their life around for the Lord, but they're not the ones sitting at church and stuff and being open to that uh, with the kids. Mm-hmm. So I think th- like, I think, I think giving the kids the um, okay that the, it can look differently yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that whole, like, if you're a good Christian, you'll just go to church and attendance will be good and you just don't ask questions like, was that service worth it? Like, could we have been doing something mm-hmm. more effective for the kingdom? Like, we need to be okay with them, you know, kind of asking the hard questions about yeah. what it means to be a Christian in today's culture. Yeah. Um, all right, we got we got a bunch more to get mm-hmm. through. And I don't know, we don't have three hours for this. <laughs> um, what advice can you offer singles who are longing for a godly relationship. I'm assuming godly relationship, they're talking about like a, you know, boyfriend, girl, like a marriage relationship, not just a friendship. Um, so, so a single person really wants to be married to a godly person. Mm-hmm. What encouragement? I mean, it's to both of us, but I, yeah. you're better at these kind of questions than I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like 
you know the answer. It's like, be patient, <laughs> trust God, you yeah. know, like th there's like all the, yeah, I, that doesn't mean that it's not easy, mm -hmm. that there's like times where you're just feeling, oh, really, is there somebody that God has for me? How am I ever going to meet this person? And um, I think um, not putting your life on hold and just like keep um, using your gifts in like the areas that you're at and trusting that, I mean, you can meet somebody literally taking out the garbage, like yeah. to your, you know, it could be somebody walking by and, you know, so it really is not placing yourself in the right position or being the right person. Like, it's just, um, that's not to say don't like, like, you know, make yourself available, like in different like situations, but it's just not trying to like navigate your life so mm -hmm. much so that you'll just find the right person because, yeah. um, so I, I would add, and you might, you might now I think you'll agree with this, but you might put in a different emphasis on it, but like, I would, I would say learn to, um, flourish as a single person. Yeah. Like don't think like you are incomplete or you're not going to experience right. joy in life until you get married. Cause if you put that much pressure on, the potential of a marriage partner, first of all, just theologically, I don't, I don't think that's accurate. Um, but also like you're going to, that's if you bring in that kind of like, I don't know, like expecting this person to fulfill more than they can offer. Um, then I think you might be more disappointed if you do end up getting married. So learning how to treat singleness is not like a stage to get through, but like, Hey, yeah. this is a season you're in. Maybe it's for a short period of time, maybe a long period of time, maybe for life, whatever. Like there's no, promise that you will get married. Um, so learn how to flourish as a single person, yeah. um, which is hard because that you obviously need community and intimate relationships. And that's a two way street. Like yeah. you may desire that, but like we've experienced that before. I mean, we're, we're in environments where we're one in community, we're having people over and it just doesn't seem to be as like yeah. reciprocated, you know? So like, I can't, I can't d command somebody else to like ask good questions, you know, and show an interest, you know? So that is hard for singles to put the burden on you to like find community. It's like, well, community by definition is not, doesn't rest on one person. So I know yeah. that can just, that's That can be hard, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would just so. say, just invest in somebody in people mm -hmm. invest in like teenagers invest in, uh, you know, college group or mm -hmm. just, just invest so that you're taking the focus off of yourself mm -hmm. and just putting more focus on other people and, and, the task that God has for you here on earth right at this moment. So, yeah, good. Boom. All right. Um, what, let's see. What, oh, what was your guys, your guys, both of us, our favorite part of the conference, the Q and A's, the talks themselves or the worship. Um, I talked about this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, yeah. so I'd love to hear your favorite part. Worship. Whew, that was, was amazing. powerful. Yeah. Um, that was like, I literally felt like I was in heaven a lot of times. So that was just amazing. I feel like it would not have had the same flavor at the conference if it wasn't for uh, Tanika and Evan. So And the co here, the congregation, yeah. the congregation, the people that were there, yeah. to me, and I talked ready. about this on the podcast, that yeah. my worship is greatly affected by my community environment. Yeah. If everybody's just kind of standing around... I don't care how powerful it is on stage. I just can't. It just feels yeah. weird, you know? Well, everyone was so excited to be there yeah. at the conference. I mean, they came from all over. So yeah. it's like it wasn't like, ah, was, you know, I mean, I think it was like 85% yeah. was from out of town. So like, well, I think even 90% out of town. So 10%. So it wasn't like you're like, ah, nothing to do. I'll show up and see what 
going on over there. It was like you, people put their time, their money, made this important. And so, yeah, you came, they came ready, you know, and so ready to worship, ready to see and be filled and stuff. So, yeah, Yeah. I think, um, yeah, the worship was incredible. Definitely, I think if we didn't have the couch Q&A times, that would have not had the same flavor. I mean, It'd just be another conference with great talks. I mean, any conference, you can get great speakers. Yeah. That's not hard. There's a lot of great communicators, but to have that kind of uh, interaction. Yeah. Did it, I mean, I was Well, it modeled what we were trying to do. So it's (laughs) like, I love seeing like Jackie, you know, she gives the best (laughs) like speech. And then she sits down and then it's like, oh, and she's just another person too. Mm. You know, like it just instantly put everything into perspective of like, this is not just like putting people on a pedestal. Like everyone's still like thinking through things and just you and her like um, joking around and, and kind of like, you know, like, oh, that's a hard one. I don't like being who you are and just like, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can say that. I don't like it was just really modeled kind of mm. what like we're trying to create. Yeah. So yeah. that was, I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, the worship, the couch time, um, for me, that was, yeah. Um, and all it, I mean, the talks were, man, they're all fantastic. Yeah. I loved having street hymns doing his thing, man. Mm-hmm. That just added such a great, yeah. Like well-roundedness to the conference. So it's not just the kind of same kind of talk, mm-hmm. talk, talk, but having more artistry involved. Yeah. Um, how do you and Preston partner to build this ministry and raise children and invest in your marriage? That is a lot to balance. I feel like I already answered oh, did that. Do we answer that? Yeah, yeah. we answered okay. that. Let's well, move the, on to the next. Um, what's that? Let's move on to the next. I already <laughs> answered that. <laughs> Watch the video. Get the video that comes okay. out in four uh, weeks. <laughs> what brings you and your family joy in ministry? I, I, I can say one real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just because like... Yesterday was Easter. Yeah. Um, just having people over, being hospitable. I think yeah. our whole family loves mm-hmm. hospitality from, from and we have a different, you know, some kids are more extroverted, some are more introverted. We're kind of a weird mix and everything. So it's like we, we enjoy our alone time, family yeah. time, whatever, but we also love being hospitable, like having lots of people over. And, yeah. And people that maybe don't, typically get invited over people that are easy to fall between the cracks. Like, I mean, you specifically for Easter wanted to have over people that didn't maybe have family to go Mm -hmm. to or weren't, you know, like, yeah, I um, prayed all week. Well, last two weeks, you know, God show me the people that you feel like need to come. And I feel like (laughs) there was probably 20 people that I didn't even invite that showed up, (laughs) which I was like, there you go. (laughs) Which meant like 70 or 80 people or something. And so it's like, part of me, I'm like, I'm so thankful for that. And I want every you know, person to, mm-hmm. I feel like we, we, we've always modeled that with our kids that like make people feel like they're valuable mm-hmm. and like whoever you meet that they are important. And I feel like, um, I always look for that when I, everywhere I like a grocery store or anything. And I've tried, we've tried to teach yeah. our kids that and make them feel like that. And, um, so yeah, yeah. I think, that, yeah, I think that's what we enjoy the most as a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also all love like cross-cultural Mm-hmm. Ministry. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, we've had to like, you know, I think we all can fall into kind of cynicism with kind of American Christianity or whatever. Yeah. Like, are there really needs here? You know, we've had to say, well, no, there's there's needs everywhere. You know, and and um, but yeah. Um, let's see what else. This is the I printed out the sheet and it's in like six point font, so I'm <laughs> trying to like. <laughs> um, 
Oh, how are you able to publicly support your husband uh, while keeping a healthy personal relationship outside of public eye? Um, yeah, I think I don't want to read, like I was filtering a lot of the emails and then Mm. I was like, I don't want to filter them anymore. So I think we passed that on and that's been good. I don't like, I just, I just don't want to know everything. I don't want to like it, it. I can get discouraged a lot easier than you can. And so I just, um, so I feel like you're who I married on stage, off stage, or like, it's like, and I don't, I don't need to be like jumbled up in my mind with just like what other people think or don't think and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And so I think just not, um, not getting in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. So, which I think I, I just try to balance that out. Cause obviously I'm very involved on and things, but I, I don't go on social media. I don't, Mm-hmm. look at things I don't read things every once in a while I know so there's some hubbub going on because I'll like <laughs> I'll just feel it there'll be my maybe a couple little things or you'll get an um, influx of emails you're like yeah. Preston what was your last podcast about? I know I'm like is there anything I need to know it's like okay so yeah oh man um have you ever thought about writing your own book possibly <laughs> do tell <laughs> we'll see I don't yeah. know I'm always writing stuff so I've mm-hmm. been writing for a while but um, I just keep them all in a little file on my computer, but, um, mm-hmm. maybe. I know. Cause it, this kind of goes back to like not wanting to be pulled on stage and thanked or whatever. Yeah. Like you don't, it's, I feel like you're kind of contrarian in that sense. Kind of, I guess I share the same spirit, but like if this is something every Christian couple kind of does, you yeah, kind of right. react against that. Like yeah. how many times it's, and, and nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, but like if, you have this pastor, this famous person writes a bunch of stuff, has a platform, and then all of a sudden the wife gets a contract and she writes a book. And, right. Um, I don't need to do that. You don't need to do that, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm writing. Let's just yeah. say that. Okay. Whether it goes any further other than that. I just like, it's, I, I like to write in the moment. So like I'm, like all of a sudden I'll get like these thoughts or these, you know, and I'll, be, and I'll just run up to my computer and just mm-hmm. write things down. And so we'll see. If if nothing else, it's just so good for me. I think I I um, it's helping me think through a lot of the you know just things that we go through or anything. So, but we'll see. Do you know what you would want to write on, or do you not want to go? There? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are the questions. I, <laughs> don't don't Open ask me book. in public. Oh man, I start sharing. You already I know. Sh- you don't need to ask it out. In front. I share thoughts <laughs> on what I'm thinking about writing about, like. Uh, if I just a thought came in my head, I'll just share it publicly. Exactly. So this goes back to the first thing I said. You <laughs> tell everybody everything. Don't tell about my secrets. No. <laughs> oh my word. Will you send your kids to Bible college? Mm. First of all, we won't send them anywhere. That is not the way we parent. Um, I, we yeah. definitely partner with them in as they've gotten older and like just their schooling and mm-hmm. high school, what they wanted to do. And sometimes kids have wanted to go to school and they've tried it. They've done all different things. So we're not ones to like, we will only pay for this mm-hmm. school or you must go to this. So um, we won't send them anywhere. It's um, will be more of a discussion necessarily. I think if they did want to go to a Christian school, you and I would have definitely some... Yeah good opinions and, and, uh, guidance for them on which ones to choose. Cause we, I mean, you teach at schools all the time mm-hmm. and we've been, we went to a Christian college and so it all, um, yeah, definitely we would be involved, but, mm. um, you know, all of our kids are so different. Like yeah. some are like 
no way would the, are they going to college period right. others are like man i think they would flourish others are kind of like yeah. depends you know and so yeah. yeah i mean i think i'm more interested in um them uh finding their gifting and what they're passionate about and what they're excited about and then pursuing that rather than just like um you know you have to and then making sure that they have the community that um and base for christian mm-hmm. community in that so i mean our second daughter wants to be um, like a, a journalist and storyteller. Mm-hmm. And um, I know she's passionate. She always loves like things that matter. So like mm-hmm. whether it's Christian or environmental or something like that. So instead of thinking, well, you just need to be at a Christian college. It's like, well, what can she do? Where can she go to flourish in that and to help her with, with that along the way, helping guide with uh Christian community, whatever that looks like. Again, it's like this generation, you have to think differently. It's Mm -hmm. not like ours. It was like you either went to a secular college or a Christian college, and that's where your path was. It's just not like that anymore. It's like Mm -hmm. people find, you know, they don't go to college and they find the community and they find success. (laughs) And so it's in different ways. So it's hard too, because with, I mean, first of all, the expense on Christian colleges, it's like, man, especially in this day and age when you can make, you can pursue your dream, your career, and not have a college education, yeah. like more than ever. Like it's just not, yeah. you know, doesn't, it's not as essential. Um, but also like the environment too, it's hard because I would want them, I wouldn't want them at like a liberal Christian college. Like theologically, I want them to have a good environment, but then a lot of, a lot, I don't know, I mean, I don't have a number or whatever, but there's a decent number of Christian college environments that maybe are more biblical, but they have a more, kind of conservative environment that our kids are not, none of our kids are going to do well in that. It's right. going to push them away from Jesus. They, they right now, thank the Lord. I mean, they all have like really vibrant journey, mm-hmm. spiritual journeys right now. Like it's yeah. really, I mean, and again, you know, they're, they're still teenagers, but like, they're great. They have an independent faith walk. They, you know, they're asking great questions. They, they, they do love Jesus and Christianity, but there's a lot of Christian environments that they, it would turn them away from Jesus. And I don't want a Christian environment to steer my kids away from Jesus right. because it's just this, this kind of what, you know, the, this superficial kind of plasticky version yeah. of Christianity. I mean, within seconds, they'll be like, ah, nope, no thanks. You right. know? So it's hard to find that balance. Like, you know, it's how, how many Bible colleges are going to allow students to think freely are still going to be like, teach the authority of scripture, but be okay if, let kids wrestle, you know, with where they're at and have not have an oppressive kind of environment. Like yeah. it's not too many, yeah. but I don't know. And I, I mean, I think all our kids will have different journeys, hundred percent. Like yeah. they're all so different and have different, uh, and we've raised them that way. I've always been yeah. told them, you know, you do what is right for you and what you want to do instead of like, we all do this, you know? So like school has been, everyone's done different things at different times for the stage that they're in. So I would assume we will have one or more that even don't go to college. And then maybe one or more that go, you know, go to a secular college or are one that maybe, maybe one will go to a Christian college. I don't know. Like it'll be interesting, but I I don't, it's like, just take each one at a time. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you and I don't have just strong opinions in general for, like this is the way for right. raising kids in general. I used to, I mean, I used to have the assumption, like, of course our kids are going yeah. to go to college. The question is, do they need a master's degree? You know? right. And that's like, oh yeah, no, I mean, they might not go to college. And that's I think I, one of our kids maybe wondered if they needed to graduate from high school. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we had to. And we're like, yep, let's do that one. <laughs> we will name which kid, but there's several really hours of convincing important? them that they need yeah. to finish high school. Yeah. Uh, but they, he or she, had a really good case. Like, yeah. She would argue it, and I was like, I don't know how to argue against she. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what guest did you love the most in the last year on the podcast? Um, how, how many episodes? I mean, you don't listen to too many episodes, do you? I, mean, I do. More, more recently. <laughs> I saw this is fine. I don't need to. Um, Gosh, I have to remember. No, I, I probably listen. Well, she, it she depends. Left. You had to listen to that one because you were getting some emails on that one. The, yes. The sex one. Yep. Um, but you said that was really like. Yeah, I was like, huh, huh, huh. Like, <laughs> provocative, but you said it was helpful, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, gosh, I don't know. I, I remember, I mean, you you would remember better yeah. than me, but I, there was a bunch of them. I'm like, man, that was so good. Um, I, I, typically, I pick the ones that um, I'm like, don't know much about. Mm-hmm. So that, like, so I'm just thinking the one um, that you did about. Uh, on the border of Texas and, oh, and the, the immigration, immigration. Yeah. like yeah. that, it, like that sparked my interest. Cause I was just like, Hmm, yeah, I haven't thought too much about that. So usually hmm. it's, it's ones that I haven't thought a lot about that. I want to like mm-hmm. get my wheels turning with that. So I've got yeah. Yeah, too many. It's, it's hard because it, it depends on the topic, depends on the person. I mean, I really did like the one with Francis that I did last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not just because it was Francis. I feel like he was so honest and it was just fun. And he said things. I'm like, man, I can't, sit, I can't believe you said that yeah. all out, you know? Yeah. Like I, I like to get like the deep down honesty from somebody, you know, um, where they're, where they're not like put on a face because it's a public platform where they're just totally being themselves. And he, he was very much like that. Yeah. Um, Several race ones were were great. Um, yeah, it's hard. I, I I there's so many that I've I've enjoyed. Um, uh, all right, let's see. Have you? Oh um. Oh, would you have the theology in the rock conference hosted at a different church or even like in a yeah a different city or state? We've gotten that request a lot. Mm-hmm. I would. I mean, you. No. Yeah. That's <laughs> my answer. And the, the main reason is, I mean, there were so many times we went down to the church for a meeting. We knew the pastors. I mean, having it right down this, having it 10 minutes from our yeah. house, I don't know how we would have pulled it off being in a different city like that. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, you were you were there all the time. Yeah. Like, well, I think anytime you create something new, it's a, so much work up, up front. So, I mean, it took... It took a lot of work to to get it go like because our first time doing mm-hmm. just even what we were trying to create so not just like opening the doors to, for people to walk in but just being able like just all the like um, the whole like lineup and how like the flow of everything and stuff so it was so much work that I I told you I'm like oh I would not want to like recreate that somewhere like it's kind of mm-hmm. like now I want to take the things that didn't really work well or that needed to be done better. Like we'll just tweak those, mm-hmm. but it was, it flowed so well. We have a good relationship with, um, the, all the, the elders and pastors at the church they're and they were so laissez, excited. Very, like hands off. Yeah. Right? And they yeah. were so excited to host it there. Uh, we like that, the feel of the church. Like there are some bigger churches in town that would be fill a lot more people that is, but it would feel, a lot more like you rented out a space and, and, um, mm-hmm. 
probably a lot more rules, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know if we would have maybe been able to hit all the topics <laughs> at some of these yeah. other bigger churches because they're a lot more conservative and they probably would have wanted to know a lot more about what was going to happen mm. at the the thing. And, and that's, that's just not our vibe. Yeah. That's not. Um, and so um, I, I love it. And I love that it didn't feel so big and gaudy. It, it, it felt, yeah. you know, so. It's like, a, I mean, the, 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 for those who weren't there, the room holds about 1,100 people. But it's more of a wraparound with a, with mm-hmm. a really low kind of upper level that has like three yeah. rows. But even the upper, there's not a seat in the house where you feel like you're too far away. Like right. it's a giant living room. And I like, you know, back, you know, the church is maybe 25 years old, the building. Um, and it hasn't been updated too much since then. And I, I like that. I don't like yeah. an overly mega churchy kind of feel. Yeah. So the fact that the sound system is 20 years old, like I, to me, it's like, that's the all general. Like, you right. know, it's fine. You yeah. know, and, it definitely fits our vibe. So, yeah. And doing it in another town, I, I mean, we it, would, we would have to like be there a week early. All the shipping, yeah. I mean, all our merch and books. I mean, there's just so much stuff that it, it the shipping back and forth that, there's no way we rented a U-Haul. We had we had a we had yeah, a, a warehouse yeah. <laughs> and or like a, a store. Sorry, a store not warehouse storage unit that I was just filling like months and months before. And then we rented <laughs> a U-Haul. I give like thousands of pounds. You single handedly went to the storage. I, I would, I would while I'm gra- on my basement podcasting. Uh, I would <laughs> grab a couple of the kids a lot of times. Just hey, help me move this. Um, so um, just practically. It has to be in our own, in our hometown. And there's no other, there really is no other space unless we're going to pay a lot of money to rent out some downtown. Well, and maybe there is a space of a church. I mean, I know a couple that could be bigger and stuff, but it's just, that's a, I think we, we will lose what we try to. So all that to say, I mean, we opened up registration for (laughs) uh, those that already registered and they, so for this last conference, they got a discount to, to register their, um, 200 people already signed up. We're going to open up early bird probably in a week, week and a half, and they'll run for a month. And Oh, just a month? Probably, yeah. Okay. And then I feel like this one more than ever, I think, will because now everyone knows what to expect and, and knew of the conference, I think it'll it'll sell out a lot quicker than, than this last one did. So I think it's just that's the way it's going to have to be. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I hate turning people away because that's yeah. so I like yesterday we had 75 people at our house where it was only going to be like 35 because <laughs> I'm not, I love to be inclusive. And I, I, if somebody needs to be there, it's like I want yeah. them to be there. But I mean, I, I, it depends on what expense at what it expense because then at that point it, it uses the, it will lose the flavor of, and of I, it. Yeah. And I also don't like the typical like, bigger, better, more numbers. Like, wow, what if we could get 2,000 people? Let's get 2,000. What about 3,000? Yeah. Just that whole mindset. Like, I would probably make a terrible megachurch pastor. I don't think I would ever have two services. Not that, but like, hey, if the first one fills up, all right, there's other churches to go to. I don't, yeah. I don't, once oh. you start, I don't know. That, that, I feel bad. Huh? I'll, I'll, you feel bad, bad about saying that one? No, yeah. yeah, but. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying my vibe. I don't, to me, if someone says, yeah, but you could get 2,000 people there, I would shrug my shoulders and say, I don't. Yeah. I don't need, if I wanted 50, I'd get 50. Like that's, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't, there's nothing intrinsically amazing about a bigger number for me, but yeah. You know. All right. Um, how do you handle social media usage with your kids? What boundaries do y'all put in place? That's a good question. Yeah. Our kids don't do social media till they 18, 18 or leave the house. Kind of like, um, all of them will be 18 right around when they leave the house anyways. So, 
um, yeah, we're kind of, we were strict with that to, to begin with. And we established it um, early on. Yeah. We didn't have to take social media away. It was just never right. an option. And I think it's the best decision. So that's yeah. not to, <laughs> yeah. I just feel like it, it has, yeah, every once in a while it kind of, you know, sucks that they can't like, you know, this is how they, the kids their age communicate. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, this is the one thing that I'm going to think harder for you mm-hmm. than what you would want to. I just think, um, yeah, we just, we just see way too much with kids and parents and, and how social media has affected them that it's not worth it to me. So I think it's been the, proven to increase anxiety, depression, yeah. suicidality, low body image, um, bullying. I mean, there's so many negative things that, yeah. And our, our oldest daughter's turned 18 and she talked to us saying, I think I want to get Instagram and, um, she does music. And so she wanted to mm-hmm. get some for music as well. And, and it was, I felt good. We talked through it with mm-hmm. her and, and I felt like she was like mature enough mm-hmm. at that point to do it right. right. Whereas like a 12, 13 year old is not mature enough to do yeah. that. Right. They're not, they're trying to figure out how to have relationships and, you know, by 18, Hold on a second, something happened here. Oh, there it goes. Okay. By 18, they're a little bit smarter than 13 when it right. comes to that. So I think just allowing our kids to mature and grow up before they are handed such an ext- like a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we're not budget on that. And they and we're pretty lenient in a lot of other ways oh, with yeah. stuff. We're not. But this is I one think area just we've just seen just such damage yeah. that what does and that's not worth it. So yeah, that's not like yeah we're not very strict parents. I would say of like just in general like none of our kids have curfews or anything. It's just mm-hmm. we figure it out like mm-hmm. with them. But this one, yeah, it's like it's not an option. So yeah. I feel bad for parents that are probably listening right now and yeah. agree- and definitely agreeing, but have already let their kids yeah. on social media. Because I, I I what do you think about Kids, 15 years old, they've had it for two years. To take it away, that could really backfire, but I don't know. Well, I mean, also, it just depends on the relationship that you have. You know, we, I mean, we do that. Sometimes we're like, especially with our younger kids, we, we forget that we have to establish some more rules with the younger ones. Um, And then all of a sudden it's like, we feel like we have to backpedal and we're like, gosh, we're so sorry. We, we didn't really establish this with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. We're going to have to like yeah. backpedal a little and set, you know, a few more guidelines in. Um, and so I think it's hard, but we have great relationships with our kids and it's right. a matter of talking. It's not like just one day being like, you know, what? social media is gone or this is gone or, you know, you're having a curfew. It's not like in that way. It's more, um, hey, we're seeing something like I would have like long conversation, like many conversations leading mm-hmm. up to that. Like, how do you think you handle social media? Like, how how does it does mm-hmm. do you feel like it affects you? Have you had, you know, so it would be a long conversations to help them see some things mm-hmm. that um, um, like we've had that with like texting, like our, yeah. our kids texting. Right. Like I, I when I see <laughs> that things aren't going good, I will like start asking questions like, hey. Like, do you feel like it's, you know, do, does your, does it affect your mood? Like yeah. when someone's not texting you back and, and, and help them see, like, do you think that that's right? Do you want to be Controlled like, contr- yeah, or, or yeah. and you know, you're happy when this goes good and you're not and stuff. And so I think it has to be just conversations mm-hmm. and then hopefully helping them to see like, why don't like, do, would you ever be interested in trying to get off of it for a season so texting. that or social media, you know, yeah. like maybe like going oh, back yeah, to yeah, like yeah. you're saying, yeah. how would you do that? 
Like, I think that's probably what I do. Long conversations about it. Um, and then like ask them if they would even consider trying like to like not have it for a month. Like tell all of your friends that, you know, I'm, Hey, I'm going to get off it for a month just mm -hmm. to kind of give yeah. myself a, my, uh, a freedom for it. Mm -hmm. if, if they'd be up for it so that they feel like they're, uh, what I what I get concerned about is when parents put like really strict like arbitrary like, things. Or, yeah, yeah, it's going to make the kids want to rebel. So mm -hmm. they're going to want to be sneaky about it. And my thing is, I don't want them to be sneaky. Like I always tell our kids, don't sneak around me because that doesn't help anything. Like I'd rather you just do it and tell me you're doing it than being sneaky about it. So I think if you just pull it, um, so you have to strategically help them come to that kind mm -hmm. of a conclusion. Help and, them to see and, that. And I think yeah. it's totally fine to like give rewards for things. I mean, it's just yeah. like, you know, I feel like we did no sugar for two <laughs> years in a row and I paid them for it and we did no sugar all year. They got to choose one day a week that they one would choose. Like if they're going to a party, they're like that. I'm going to use my sugar on that time. Um, and I, and, but I, I paid them and they would constantly be thinking about how much money they were going to get at the end. And I was totally fine with that. I was yeah. like, it was a little bit of a bribe. So, <laughs> but I think maybe. It shows that they can do it and it gives yeah. them motivation. So I feel like maybe something like this, if they were kind of like maybe in agreement to try it, to get off it for a little bit, like giving a, like some kind of like, what do they want? They want new shoes. Sure. Like what, hmm. like give them something to work towards, um, and for motivation and then be, the and the reason for that is for them to be able to at the end of like let's say it's for a month you just like can you get off social media for a month you kind of come they're like ah oh, trying to work through it hey I'll give you 150 bucks by the end of the month if you can do it without doing social media and then the, the goal would be at the end of the month to be able to like talk through how did you feel like what was that like and and knowing that sometimes they're gonna be like yeah I hated it I couldn't wait to get back on it and other times probably being like. Oh, I felt so free. Like I, we'd Which go. Which is going to be what they're going to say. I know. So I, mean. I think your goal for any of those things is a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. It's and so mm -hmm. that's what I would do. I just can't. I it's it's. I would put it in. The, it, it's been shown to be neurologically addictive and leads to all kinds of again depression, suicidality. It, and it's. This isn't debated anymore. Like that, at first, it was like people were like, oh, "I wonder right. if this is." But now it's the studies have debated, been yeah. over and over and over. Uh, Jonathan Haidt. I have to. It's not a theology and Rob podcast if I don't mention Jonathan Haidt. He just wrote a long article about the history of social media and how it how it changed from like at the beginning it was kind of like family photos, this that, and now it's just turned into this tribalistic rant and raving. And it's just destroying our humanity yeah. um, in the last ten years, especially. Um, so yeah, it's like I wouldn't, you know, I've. I've I wouldn't give my kids a loading gun or a crack pipe and say, don't smoke too much. You know, like it's, it's, right. it's at that level of this is, this is very, very serious. There's a lot of secular people, even mm -hmm. like people that work for social media companies are like, yeah, I'm not letting my kid on right. Twitter until they're 18 right. <laughs> and they're like the CEO of Twitter or whatever. Maybe yeah. not, that's a bad example, but, um, uh, okay. Okay. A couple more here. Um, with Preston having such a large platform as a wife, do you struggle with feeling like you're in the background or losing your identity? Which I, you know, when I hear people say large platform, it's pretty relative. In the broad right. Chris, <laughs> Christian world, I have a tiny platform. In the broad world world, I have no platform. Right. So, I mean, um, I thank you to those of you who love the podcast and it's, it is a platform, but, it, you know, it's not. Um, yeah. And, and podcasting is weird. My, my day, if, you know, I come record a podcast um, and then I do my work down here and then I take my son to the baseball game. I go to the store and it's like my life. I don't, 
I think it would be different if I was like on stage at a huge church or something where there was like a really visible reminder of I'm somebody, but with this, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, I think you do have that. You're on stage a lot. <laughs> you like speaking. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not hard for me. I, again, <laughs> I don't feel like I, I don't need that. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't desire that. I, I know what comes with it too. I mean, it's, it's funny actually. I was kind of like chuckling to myself because at the conference I sat in the front mm-hmm. and after each session you would have, you and the speakers would have just lines and lines of people mm-hmm. that would like be waiting to talk to you. And like, really, I, I don't say this like weirdly, but like nobody was coming to talk to me, yeah. you know, like well, I, I probably didn't know who you Yeah. Were, which right? is fine. Like I, my, I had a couple friends sitting with me and so I would talk with them, but it, I, I remember thinking, Oh, we have such different lives, him and I, <laughs> whereas like for them, there's dying, like everyone's taking selfies with you, you know, and everything. And then like for me not, but then the second I got off stage at the very <laughs> end, I like had like 15, 20 people lined up to talk to me and I laughed to my friend. I go, well now look at, look, look at, at this. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I don't like, I don't need that. Like yeah. I just, and I don't that's, think either of us do. Like I don't, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't say that. I don't need that as if you need that, but it's yeah. just like, it, I was honestly like, I love like my kids and my few friends. And so it's, yeah. you know, like just getting to hang out with them. But like, I mean, so during the conference, during the breaks, I don't know, I'd go see how my kids are doing. They're yeah. all at the merch table and selling stuff. And, and, uh, so Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think too hard of it. You've never, yeah, you've never needed like recognition or like publicity or anything like, you know. Well, it comes with it. I mean, and, and again, I mean, I would come from a pastor's kid. So I just knew, you know, you're always like in the limelight and you're, oh, the pastor's kids. And, Hmm. and I, um, there's times I'm like, I didn't like that. And other times it's nice to like have people like, like you and know who you are a little bit before. But, um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard because there is I do enjoy. Let me put my thoughts together. I like I enjoy if I'm doing something that I enjoy doing and it's helping somebody else. I love that. I thrive on it. Yeah. So when I get an email saying, "Man, you know this something you did has really encouraged me in my faith walk, whatever." Like I love, I love that. Yeah. And so in this, I don't want to say like I don't. Do I need that? I don't know if I need it, but I do enjoy it. I do enjoy knowing that I'm not just sitting in my basement wasting time and everybody yeah. else's time. Like it's actually doing something. And you would say the same. Like you like to know that what you're investing in is doing something, right? Yeah, it's um, just totally different. To me, it would be, it's like um, like teen to young adults in mm-hmm. my home investing in their lives mm-hmm. like that. or And it's um, having like friends and moms over and just like, oh, like just love being in my home and just kind of, um, well, like just, I don't know, having a good mm-hmm. environment. So it's different. Like, I feel like yours is on the stage. Mine is a little more, um, but like, it's equally like, meaningful. It's just maybe totally. numerically maybe like I, I'll like, notice in my heart, like when I'm not like, I haven't like, uh, invested in people. Um, I don't even know how to say it. Like what in like my own home, it's not, it's not what I'm meaning, but just even like yeah, on like a it, very practical personal mm-hmm. level, I am like, oh, I feel like I need, like, that is a big purpose for me that Mm -hmm. I want to do. So I'll feel it that I want to do more, you know, so. Like if we had somebody over and it was just a kind of stayed a superficial conversation, nice people, it's like, yeah, it was was good. It's fine, you know. 
But like it's that doesn't wake us up in the morning or like yeah. for you. If, but if you had somebody over and man, we we dug deep and mm-hmm. and man, they they maybe their marriage is on the fritz and like something you said helped them in that or like yeah. if, if I think you, you would like both of us, but you would you thrive in what doing something that is meaningful. If it just feels like it's just like checking yeah. off some box, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you ever think you would be on stage somewhere? Is that something that you would, I mean, if you, somebody nope. said, hey, come speak at this women's conference or pastor's conference. I mean, conference. I have <laughs> done some. Or, I mean, I've, yeah. I've done some. Yeah. It's fine. But. You don't need, you know. Yeah, not right now. I feel like I, um, we still have kids at home that mm-hmm. I want to be super available for and it's my priority and I, um. Yeah, yeah, I'm also sensitive to like their like um their like privacy and their you know, like just yeah. uh, things come with it and then you start so yeah, not now. Cuz if you did something, I mean it, I feel like parenting is that's your sweet spot. I feel like you're an amazing parent, you're mm-hmm. creative, you're super wise and I feel like that would be a good contribution, but then with that comes like mm-hmm. Your kids or you're telling stories yeah. about your kids and then this and that you're sharing. It's kind of hard to be a good speaker on that without yeah. being And you're not as available and, at home and, you know, yeah. and so, yeah, I feel like at this point I'm going to finish out really strong till the last kid leaves and then we'll just reevaluate where, <laughs> yeah. where God has you and I. Um, what church y'all attended? Boise, yeah, we, we go to a Calvary Chapel here where the conference was at. Um do your kids get into theological debates with Preston? We've talked about this one before. I, I wouldn't say debates, but um, they're not afraid to question something or push back, especially uh, one of our kids is super, super thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she asks deeper questions than most pastors I'm around. Literally, I mean, she's, so every couple of weeks we'll go to Chips and Salsa and she'll have a list of, she keeps a list of theological questions and every single one is like so incredibly difficult. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and if I, if I give an answer that isn't convincing to her, she won't, she'll just kind of shrug her shoulders. And I'm like, yeah, but all of them are, I mean, just you're trying to watch a baseball game the other day. And one of our daughters (laughs) like, (laughs) so like the passage about hell and just wanted to like go all deep into it. You're so funny. You're like trying to like watch the baseball game. And I was like, what's he going to do? It's like, she's like really wants to know these couple passages. Yeah. Yeah, You're like, can you hold that thought for the bit with teenagers? We all know it will come and go. Like you have to be available like at that moment. Cause it's like you, Tell them to wait 10 minutes yep. and it probably passed. And it's like, uh, no, yeah. I don't have that question anymore. So, yeah. um, so I, th- I think everybody yeah. d- really does. And then just even, um, I, I'm just thinking through like, just even like race comes up a lot, um, mm-hmm. with, and just, yeah, that's come up a lot in our, in mm-hmm. our home with our yeah. kids and, and like racism and what that looks like and who's racist and, you know, mm-hmm. and does, is this, so I feel like, um, so it's not debates, but it's definitely lo- like mm-hmm. very conversational. I think, they, I think they all definitely respect me and my views. Like yeah. they know I've thought through stuff. Like they, they often say that, like, well, I don't know, you've thought through this a lot more than I have. So, right. but if something doesn't sound convincing to them, they're, they'll be honest and say, I'm not sure about that, you know? Right. Um, they come to you for that. They'll say, mom, can you pray for me? They know that yeah, <laughs> for me, yeah. it's like, just <laughs> pray, mom. But I'm like, okay, I'm on it. <laughs> for the real spiritual stuff, they go to their mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how, oh, this is a funny question. How do you get lunch with Preston? He's asking 
this person's asking for a friend. Mm. I don't know. I, so you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm not the a very. I would say I'm not a very good friend to people that are that I'm like good friends with. Like usually my good friends are the ones initiating. You know, yeah. reaching out, texting, calling, whatever. So I constantly live with the burden of like, man, I feel like I need to invest in the people that. I've known for 20 years better than I, even right now, I can think of like five people like, oh my gosh, I have not called them back. And, um, so. Well, you're, you're an introvert yeah, and, and you're, um, very busy. Yeah. I mean, with your yeah. ministry, I mean, it's just like, there's just like endless things that you just have to, and you love being with your family, yeah. like us, like yeah, your yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, you really do like, so. So I, I love feel going like, to lunch too. I, could, I would go to lunch every day of the week. Yeah, but, it, but, but something just, has to give, right? right? So it's like, uh, so, and you'd go to lunch, but you don't like need to go to lunch too. Yeah. Like, because you're in, like, and then when you're traveling and speaking, it's like, you come back and you're like, so like, so like you pour it out so much that you mm-hmm. just, you're fine to like not see anybody for a while. So I think there's that rhythm of, you know, maybe in the summer, summers, he, you don't yeah. speak and travel. And uh, you're or if it's like a down freer. day where it's like, you know what, this is kind of a cleanup day and going to lunch would be, yeah it's not interrupting some big But it's hard because you, you have like a list of like people that you, that you love and that have mm. asked, you know, that you're in relationship with. Right. So those like seem to take priority in lunches versus like somebody that would be a new relationship. Yeah. That's a hard one because it's just like. Well, here's a new person wanting to get together with you, but then there's also like somebody who's been asking you for the last four weeks to put something in that you like right. are in relationship with, and so I typically like, I, my, my schedule's erratic. I mean, it changes every week, but typically it's like yeah, once a week I'm like going to try to go to lunch with somebody like once yeah. a week. But like for me, if I don't go to lunch, I don't take a like a lunch break. Typically, I go make a salad, come down, eat, and right. answer. Eat. So, so it's like it is taking time out of my work day, you know, so I have to ask like what, yeah. what's the, and it's, it's also hard. Like, is it like when, if somebody is like, Hey, we'd love to go to lunch. Is it, I don't know how to ask like, wh- like what's the purpose of this? Like right. why? Cause yeah. if you, if you have a serious, it's like serious need or something, yeah, but if right. it's just, ah, no, I just want to hang out. I'm like, yeah, I don't have really th- time. <laughs> that goes on the lower priority, right? Is well, that there's bad? Other, well, there's other people that you just that. hang out with, right? Like, yeah. I mean, our, we yeah. have some friends that were like, just come over and play cards. Like, and yeah. it's, and so, um, and that's, we, we definitely do that, but it's, yeah. you can't, ha- how many can you have of those? You know, there's just not enough time. Right. So. All right. One more question. Um, right. Have you considered, yeah, the, the, I don't, Preston, have you considered how thousands of people are being shaped by you for good or for ill? We are all being formed by your own journey. Can you speak to this? Um, yeah. It kind of goes back to what you said earlier. I mean, on the one hand, it kind of freaks me out. Um, I also don't need, need to be that need, need that. Like, you know, some people like, yeah, they need, if they're not like influencing tons of people, that's kind of their identities wrap up in that. I I don't have that at all. It is encouraged. Like I, I, yeah, it's, it's encouraging when I hear that. It's kind of like, are you Mm -hmm. serious? Like, I don't, I don't know. Is that real? But like, yeah, we get the emails. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely, you know, um, super encouraging and stuff. So um, I feel a huge weight at different yeah. times. I've just like, like, I think it was a couple of days before the conference. I just was like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, like this, like this is this a task you're calling us to, Lord? Like, so just the weight of that, like making sure that 
like you're not getting it wrong or right. like you're leading people in the wrong direction and 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 not but but I feel like I keep going back to like it's it's like not that you're telling people what to believe you're showing a way on how we go about things yeah, so everyone can have their own beliefs and on different topics but it's how are you going about that so that gives me comfort to be like well, there's no way of getting that wrong. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's not like wrong. Like if it was like, you're trying to get people to believe, you know, this certain thing that would be a lot scarier right. too. Cause you're like, what if we got that wrong? Right. So I think, um, but yeah, I think there's just times where I personally get like the huge weight of a lot of times during the sexuality, like when you were, you know, like to topic, when you're yeah. writing from time you wrote the, your first book and going that times I'm like, yeah. Oh man, that's this is a this is really huge and heavy. So it's here's the balance that I don't know how to navigate is my well, I don't know what to call it my ministry or whatever I, it is that I do. <laughs> what, what do you do again? Um, like it's it's been kind of built on me having just open ended, honest, unpolished conversations. Yeah. So let me ask me a question. I'll just say, hey, here's some thoughts. You know, I don't. Like by definition, theology generality is not like a think tank where I'm going to spend hours researching a question, so I make sure I'm crossing every T and dotting every I and doing that. Like there's places to do that, and that's just not. I mean, hopefully, I have enough background that if I say something, it's not going to be just complete complete ignorance. It'll be you know layers of ignorance. But yeah. so, but it's hard as a as the podcast has grown. I'm like, oh well, I need to be a little more, a little more careful with what yeah. I say. But then. Once I start doing that, that works against the very yeah. thing I started is kind of being more free thinking. So finding that balance of not being irresponsible and yet still being myself and, and an honest mm -hmm. thinker out louder, you know, um, I don't know. Do you have any thought? I mean, and I've erred on both sides, yeah. being too polished, well, not being polished I, I, You wish I was more polished, right? Or, well, there's times I'm like, ooh, like that, <laughs> don't say that. Or like, and then, you know, you're always like, well, I can't say everything perfect. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's true. Because it's like yeah. it's easy to depict like every single word that comes out of your mouth where it's like if you sit with me, I'm like, I'm going to say so many wrong things right. just like in general. So that's so I, I do that's feel not, bad that's for natural. you. I just happen to have yeah. a microphone. But it's it, and it's that people it's recorded and it's sent out. So people like heard you say that and it's like they can go back to that. Whereas like yeah. if you're sitting on the couch, it's like, well, I think he kind of said something like this. You know, it's a little different. So, yeah, I'm always mm. like a little bit like. Ah, say you're like careful, you know. But then I because you've gotten emails right where it's like yeah. Preston said they'll quote, and you'll say like, "Did you say that?" I'm like, oh, "Yeah." I'll go back and listen to it. I'm like, yeah, I guess I did say it like that, and I don't know. I have to go pick up one of the kids. <laughs> oh shoot! Okay, <laughs> sorry. Well, that was <laughs> no. that was the last question. Was that the last question of like looking at the time. I'm like, okay, somebody, one of our kids is at a coffee shop that needs to be picked up. So, uh, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for yeah. uh, hanging out in my basement, Chris. Uh, I guess. Uh, Go pick see up my kids. See you at lunch so. upstairs. <laughs> yeah, see you at lunch in a couple <laughs> hours. All right, bye.